Hi, this is Anna. Welcome to ReaderPod Podcast. Hello, I'm just going to quickly say how much I'm looking forward to talking with Kerry Turner today. I loved the last days of the Romanov dances, which was all about imperialist Russia and ballet as well, obviously. The Daughters of Victory Lights was another five-star book for me, but it was so different from her first. I loved them both so much and I can't wait to start our talk. Hello, you look so pretty. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to see you. you from the I'm so excited to be part of it. Oh, yes, sweetheart. You're so nice. Thank you. And I really still want to in for the bookstore talks. So I really miss coming to them. So I'm excited oh, to have some Please. online edit content. Oh, you get out reading done are you writing now hang on I'll just, I am just gonna it's been a little great yeah <laughs> it's been a little hard writing because um I feel like I should be writing more than ever because there's all this at home time but yeah. I feel so so conscious of everything that's going on in the world and how bleak everything is and it kind of feels hard to um I guess open up the creative brain <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. but- Daughter of Victory Lights, published earlier this year. I think it came out late January, early February. Yes, yeah, late January. Yeah. So, and it's been very well received so far. It's a fantastic book, which is why it's been so well received. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> just impended, like it came out just on the rain, is the way that I remember it. Just with that horrible yeah. rain that came in February and then at no time at all it was corona. So it hasn't had a great time. No, it has not. <laughs> but it is going well, though. Yeah, it's um, it was an interesting time to release because it was sort of right at the end of the bushfires that yeah. were still going on. Obviously, the rain was great for trying to bring those to an end, but it was right at the beginning of COVID as well. So it's um. It's certainly not kind of this month people are starting to discover it because it's out there in the world, you know, yes. and, and people are turning to books for Absolutely. comfort and escape yeah. and a little bit like that. So gradually it's finding its audience. And the people who have read it have thankfully been super kind in loving the story and loving the characters in the story. Oh, and that's yes. I think it's just such a good story that you read it and tell 10 more people to read it. It's one of the... <laughs> Wait until you That's what I hope for. So I was trying to do it without spoilers. So it centres around um, a male and a female who have just been through World War Two um, as soldiers, but not as normal soldiers. Please take it away from there. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, so we have um, the female character is Evelyn Bell. And uh, her role during World War II is in the first ever all-female searchlight regiment, which is the searchlight regiments were uh, tasked with uh, lighting up enemy Luftwaffe planes as they flew in to bomb London as part of the Blitz. And um, these roles were very, very dangerous because obviously there was a lot of return fire. And in fact, the, the people who were in charge of spotlighting the planes were in more danger than the anti-aircraft gunners were because the anti-aircraft gunners were set aside at quite a distance because they didn't want to risk their lives and the ammunition 
there. So the spotlight operators were very much Even in danger. Any yeah, yeah. So and it's funny because we've heard of anti-aircraft gunners, but not really searchlight operators. But they were very vital um, in their role in protecting civilian life there. And um, women started doing it. They had to have quite a fight <laughs> to mm -hmm. uh, be allowed to take on these roles. Obviously, there was a little bit of sexism in that coming into play and preventing Absolutely. them from yes. roles in the first place. But they proved themselves very, very oh, capable. Yeah. Very strong in these roles and very, very dedicated to them. Mm -hmm. So that's Evelyn's work yeah, during the war is in the, the Searchlight Regiment. And it sort of leads to something that she then moves on to in the post-war years as well. But then the male character who we meet as well, Flynn, he's an American man who joins the Graves Registration Unit. And this was a really terrible job that yeah. no one wanted to have, mm -hmm. but was very essential to the war effort. And men in the Graves Registration Unit would come through after a battle, go through the battlefield, and try to identify and collect the remains of the fallen servicemen. And it was so that they could give the families waiting back home kind of closure on what happened to their missing loved ones. It was obviously very unpleasant work quite often that uh, gruesome for lack mm -hmm. of a better word Absolutely. because there was not always you know an entire body yeah to identify sometimes they were just working with parts of bodies mm -hmm. so it was quite horrific mm -hmm. but they undertook the role with such respect they really mm -hmm. really respected um the role they had been given and what it meant to the people waiting back home and how important it was mm -hmm. but it did result in really high rates of ptsd these men as well which of course was not called that back then and it was not treated at all um, and my character Lynn suffers with that and that informs a lot of his choices and actions throughout absolutely the yeah oh with both of those jobs so um I, I love history and i've studied history and neither <laughs> of them i never would have even thought of those as being hey. jobs. <laughs> what did i think um they're just they're, same for me when I was doing the research because I didn't go into it knowing about these roles. I went into it knowing some later stuff that happened yep. in the book and kind of tracking my way back into mm -hmm. uh, what their wartime roles were and how they connected to what happens later in the book. And when I came across both of these roles, I was just like, of course, it makes yeah. so much sense that people Absolutely. have these it's just so sort of forgotten about and I, I want people to know about it. Such heroic and important yes. roles that yes. were conducted yes. through the war. You think, I should have known. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think you've done a fantastic job in just pragmatic. It would have been a horrible job to be doing. Yes. Just so... But so brave, so traumatic, yeah. so brave. So awful, yeah. And there was, there were instances where I sort of even found myself pulling back on what I was willing to put in the book because mm -hmm. I really wanted to do it justice and I wanted to show respect to Absolutely. what these men and women did. But then some of the stuff was so horrific where I mm. felt, oh, do I put this in or not? You know, yes. it, because it's real and I, I want yes. people to know what these people went through, but it's also fair yes. and truthful. I didn't have any nightmares or <laughs> that's good. <laughs> nothing, no graphic. Like that. <laughs> I'm about. But 
but I was just left with a whole sense of just gratitude and admiration for the jobs that they did. I can't believe that that, that I didn't know about them and that, I, that they haven't been remembered like I should have should have yeah. even thought to. What was yeah. I thinking? And the lights would have just been so dangerous. That would yeah. have been and they just get no credit for it whatsoever. No. Um, in his uh, fighting role, yeah. it's kind of been forgotten about or like it didn't count, but it very much did count. Very much did count. Oh, well, they were both the ones that I was thinking of on Anzac morning, I think. Yes. Um, Same. It was just, yeah. <laughs> a later scene, which, and then worked out where they'd come from, which seems like mm. an incredible way to to have gotten ideas and to be writing. How did you get your idea? I don't recommend doing it that way. <laughs> I think it's easier if you go chronologically forward. Oh, yes, absolutely. An idea somewhere in the middle and then working back <laughs> and then going forward. It's very difficult. <laughs> but it was actually a dream I had, which, again, I don't normally recommend because if other people's dreams are anything like mine, they're usually like technical and nonsense. <laughs> I had this one dream that actually made a lot of sense to me. And it was very, very vivid and it was quite simple too compared to the usual nonsense. And I dreamt this boat and this, it was, I was sitting in a smaller boat watching this big boat and there were these performers in these sort of 1940s and 50s swimsuits and the little flowered swimming caps that they used to wear. And they were climbing up the masts and doing handstands off the rails and sort of contorting themselves into interesting shapes. And then they would do somersaults off the boat and into the water. And I just, I woke up with a big smile on my face because it was just joyful and yeah. fun and colourful and bright and... I told my husband about it, saying, like, oh, wouldn't this be a fantastic uh, setting or just a scene or something in a book? And I wrote the idea down because I always write all my ideas down. never want to lose them, just mm -hmm. in case. Absolutely. But I didn't, didn't think I was actually going to use it until later that very same day. And I went to the Maritime Museum here in Sydney to see an exhibit on the Titanic. And after I'd seen that exhibit, I decided to go through the rest of the museum just to have a look what was on display. Mm -hmm. And I came across this room, which was uh, filled with a display of um, swimsuits throughout Australian history. And it kind of went down through the decades. And I got to the section that had the 1940s and 50s swimsuits and they're in a glass case on mannequins. And next to the mannequins in the glass case was an old TV set. And there was this black and white footage playing on the TV set. And it wasn't exactly what I'd seen in my dream, but it was really, really similar in that it wasn't on a boat, but it was a dock or a jetty or something similar to that. And they were wearing the 40s or 50s style costumes and the little swimming caps. And they were doing handstands on the edge and contorting themselves into interesting shapes and somersaulting off into the water. And I just got so excited. I just went, oh my God, it's my dream. Almost. <laughs> but it's my dream. <laughs> and I'm the kind of person who, when I, something like that happens, it's too big a coincidence. And I took it as a sign and went, okay, Completely. this is the sign of my book. Yeah. So I very much started with the victory, which is the performing boat that's kind of at the centre of my book in the post-war years. And I knew my characters, uh, Flynn and Evelyn, 
and I knew Evelyn was British and that she was not a performer because my first book had two performers as the protagonists mm -hmm. and I wanted to just give a slightly different perspective. And um, so I also knew that the era would be sort of post-World War II because of the style of swimsuits that I'd seen and it made sense to me that however they ended up on the boat and whatever jobs they were doing on the boat had to have been as a result of their wartime experiences. Absolutely. Because yeah. everyone was obviously Everybody. changed. Everybody, yeah. You, know, you just, you could not be changed um, after going through something like that. Mm -hmm. So I worked my way backwards into trying to figure out <laughs> what roles they could have that would connect. And I knew Evelyn was working the lights on the boat which thanks to many hours Googling, I came across the search light regiment and that was the connection there. And I knew Flynn was suffering with PTSD um, and very much still feeling the weight of the things that he'd seen and done during Absolutely. the war. So I was looking for something that fit that as well as fit the kind of timeline that I'd planned out for him. And I came across the Graves Registration Unit, which I was so grateful to discover, not only because it fit the story, but because it's so fascinating and people should know about them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think your book did a fantastic job because it didn't even, um, it didn't tell at being there. These are just yeah. friends that have had a horrible time through the wall, which they all would have done. Oh, such a well done book. Thank you. But I think the thing that historical fiction does best, one of the reasons why I love it, is because it does take big events that, you know, we have heard of, yes. and little events that we might not have heard of, and it humanises them. Absolutely. So and shows me what I would have been doing yes. through those big events. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because you know, it can get a little bit lost in the facts and figures of it all a bit, sometimes the dot points. And when you sort of dig right down in historical fiction where you're following the characters on their day-to-day mm -hmm. -day journey, where, you know, today something got bombed and then I still had to go home and make dinner and tuck yep. someone into bed. And, and it's got that humanising element. Absolutely. You yeah. so that, that was so well done. I love seeing the footage in there. <laughs> <laughs> It was the switch to the 60s and the um, the kind of time jump where we skip over a lot of what's happened to the characters and then gradually fill in the information. I knew it was kind of a risk to take. As I was writing it, I was very much like, oh, people are either going to love this or they take risks, you know. Oh, otherwise, you, yep. you're just not doing anything exciting otherwise. Yeah. So, and it was what felt right to me, to, you know, continue the story on that way and see it through dots eventually connected by the end. So the reader's at least not left hanging. <laughs> loved it, loved it. Excellent. And so what are you reading now? I get lots and lots of your recommendations from your book piles. <laughs> yes, I'm always posting books that I'm reading on my social media. <laughs> but I've just, I've just started reading the Dictionary of Lost Words by Pip Williams, which is getting so much love, and saying the love is very well deserved. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew it would be. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. See you next time on Read a Pod Podcast.